At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Are we gonna are we gonna talk about Paris? Did waitress from the other night? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> sure. Okay, I wasn't uh, sure. I mean, I know she doesn't listen to this podcast, so she's too busy. Somebody she, has, she has many other things to do. A lot of other things. Who's hitting on y'all? I wouldn't say it was. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I may not have the uh, the radar for that anymore. I might not know when someone is hitting on someone I, right in front of me. But with the waitress that we had, Lawrence and I and our friend Herb Howard went out for dinner the other night. Uh, you canceled. We we're supposed to have dinner with you. You yes. canceled because you weren't feeling well. Right. Herb. So I. So instead of coming out, we were going to come out by you to suburbs. Instead of doing that, Herb was like, "Hey, I got a place. Since Russ is out, I got a place I like in Hyde Park." I was like, "Hey, Lawrence lives right there. Let's." I literally let's text live him. right down the street. Yeah, he walked like four blocks over. So then we uh we had like the most interesting waitress I have ever met and i say i say it like i don't mean she's the most interesting waitress she just happened to be our waitress she might be the most interesting person i've ever heard talk for half an hour or whatever it was which was she hitting on one of the two of you i wouldn't know was that what was happening do you think um it was i wouldn't quite define was she just very friendly i mean it might be hard to tell for me i I wouldn't define so far out of the game actively hitting on us i will say that the door was open for you she seemed like she liked you but everybody likes you yes i I I like you uh, thank you very much and that's why i appreciate you inviting me out to dinner i would say that the door was open uh, had i decided to walk through it okay it'd be like that yeah i mean i don't know (laughs) like how was she before i walked in was she was she similar 
when I walked what? in or was there, could you see an actual like perk up when I walked in? Uh, man, you're asking somebody that has like so little, um, attentiveness to this because it just does not apply to my life. No, Being I know married for 16 years, but I, um, I know that, that you were focused on the ribs and they did look great. Yes. Yeah. We ate at Jaw Grill. It's a Jamaican place. It was really good, Russ. Um, well, her and Herb are friends. Or at least they seemed like they'd been friends for a while. Like they seemed like they knew each other very well. Like they were buddies Wait, or something. Is this the this is the place that has like the rum bar in High Park? Yeah, they have a rum bar. Yeah, in the back. Yes. I've been there before. Good spot. It was good. The food was good. It was a small it's a small place. Um and uh our waitress Paris was phenomenally interesting and friendly. She yes. I mean like like when I say interesting, I mean it in the most literal sense. She was an interesting person. Like she knew about all kinds of things. Yes, she did. Or yeah. does. Do you want to do you want to give Russ a little all right, rundown so, of just just maybe the bullet points of that? Gorgeous, curvy black woman with okay. hazel eyes. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Done. And You're done. short hair. Okay. <laughs> you don't even have to tell me the rest of the story. I'm in. Okay. I'll Good. go to High Park right now. Oh, but there's you, so much more to it than that, Russ. I don't care. I don't care about the rest. I'm, I'm glad you guys had a good time, but Russ, I I think that you should you should listen. I should to hold off on the okay. look. Okay. okay, so what he already gave you is the ice cream of the Sunday, and yes. now he's going to give you the whipped cream. And then there's one particular thing that's the cherry on top that he'll I'm sure he'll give you at the end. Okay, so since we're doing bullet points, which is a perfect segue, uh, she's packing. That's number one. She wanted to make that the restaurant while serving. That was unclear, but that was my assumption that she was packing. Number two, she used to be a cross country, long hauling truck driver. Okay. And if you saw this woman, you would go, wow, that's really, that's, that is playing against tight. The crazy part is, is that I used to date a woman who, same thing, like gorgeous, curvy black woman drove a truck for five years. Mm-hmm. And you like you would see her because, you know, this big or whatever. You would see her. You'd be like, how? So that's that's number three. Right. That she she was a long haul truck driver at one point. OK, she knows all about technology. Yes. She took Herb's phone. And did a couple of things and had a list of all the places that he had been. This was foolish on his part because she's running through. She's like, so what were you doing in this place from this on this day? And I'm like, why would you let why would you hand that to anybody? Mm -hmm. True. So she's clearly really good at knowing your business. Yes. She could like get everything she wanted out of your phone very quickly. Like Um, fast. Yes. And then. I left this part for last, even though it happened quicker in the conversation. Her goal, like she she has her own home. She lives on the south side. Right. She she is very independent, which is great. Like fascinating here, woman. Here comes the cherry on top. <laughs> her goal, her business goal, because, oh, oh, you know what, Jason, I forgot something. Certified chef. Went to culinary school. Even though she's working as a server at at the job restaurant, yeah, also okay. knows uh, also knows auto mechanics. And yes. did she say like some kind of home fixing thing, like carpentry or plumbing? Yeah, or something? she's basically MacGyver. 
She, yeah, okay. woman knows everything. Or Along and, and hey, look, really good either, looking and Lawrence, she either knows everything or she's just like that good of a talker. And either way, I'm impressed. It, agree, agree. But the cherry on top was that her her goal, because you know me, I'm I go right into interviewing mode. Like, what what do you want to be next? And all right. this stuff. Her goal, Russ, she wants to start a swingers club. <laughs> not like a uh, batting cages jason i i, I got I've, I've delved i'm not saying i delved in this pool before you but oh, like, I, I that'd get be a good I name understand. for a batting cages though wouldn't it that would be all <laughs> right so she's two and one <laughs> okay you can do both. So yeah she wants first of its kind a, she wants to open up a sex club she yes. didn't smile once during this like it was some kind of joke. She was like running oh, through all the details of the business well, model. I, I imagine everything. I imagine she was no, no, no. She's I mean, dead was, serious, and she's she's definitely had experience in it. Okay, so she was sharing her experiences in it as well. It was yeah. it was fascinating. Well, look, I. This so so what you're saying this. is the next team dinner is back at Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time Russ is gonna hide those I symptoms. Is, oh, I'm fine. On a team, a team field trip. Um, no, so in a business sense, I know there's this club in New York. I've never been for everybody oh. out there. I've never been. It's called NSFW, and it's that. And I know they make crazy money. So I look. Oh, I get it. But this is a I very look. interesting encounter you guys had. Oh, this is a phenomenally interesting person. Um, yep. You can't say a phenomenally. I don't know. Is, is Did you tell Ashley? Uh, no, it hasn't come up. <laughs> I love that. I, Lawrence, I love that Paris mentioned that the, uh, the, I think what she said was probably the best example of this business done right uh, was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And yes, I can tell you again, let me just do the same disclaimer Russ just did. I've never been to one of these. Uh, happily and um, committedly married for a long time. This was but, uh, so are a lot of people. So are a lot of people that these, go to those clubs too. Th- these pla- these the places are as common in South Florida as like a Walgreens. So right? I this is when I drew Jason in because yeah. he was really just like I'm trying to get through this meal. Like I don't need this type of headache. Let me finish. Oh, my come ribs. on, that's not true. That and is a total mischaracterization. I was riveted by this. So I bring him into the conversation because of the South Florida thing, and I'm like, you know all about all of this stuff in the Miami Fort Lauderdale type area. And it's apparently, he in does. Miami. she said it was in a strip mall, and I said that's perfect. Of course it is. Of course, it's Florida. Yeah. Oh my. God. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Sports Adjacent. <laughs> I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host Russ Dorsey, and that Hello, other man. voice you're hearing, as if this needs any kind of introduction, that's Lawrence Holmes from The Score and from every other thing you've ever heard or watched in your entire he life the, in Chicago. He's the CEO of House of L Incorporated, owner and operator. I like to call him. Uh, he's the Sean Puffy Combs of House oh, of L. God. <laughs> Go give is. me some cheesecake, Russ. Go give me some cheesecake. <laughs> he is, and he is, and he knows it, and he will downplay it. He is That's like what I'm saying. Of, like, he, he's got his own pump. little like sports media mafia going in Chicago, and has for a long. He time. owns and operates Chicago Bad Boy. Like we're part of that coaching tree. Yes, like, who, both of us. Who's, who else is on the lake? All right, if you're Puff, what is the the comp? Oh, he loves the this bad kind boy of He loves. He it. does. Yeah. 
okay let's see how i can do this you got to get I, tony gill you got to get golf i think in there me no, golf's not golf's not on my if i could get him like that would be great he, he's, he would be he would be biggie there's no doubt like he would be okay. biggie um let's see man you guys are kind of like the locks but the problem is that people never really you know like Bad Boy didn't do a great job with the locks, and I feel like I'm actually doing a great job with your show. So you are boss, yes. Hmm. All right. So then, then Russ gets to be Biggie. Hey, hey, that's a compliment. That's great. You get to be Mace. I like Mace. And then Tony is Black Rob. Oh my god. <laughs> RIP. That's right. RIP. So yeah, job. that's I, I thought you were gonna say Tony is like Lil Cease or something like that. No man, we Tony got a career. You know, he well, <laughs> wasn't Black Rob the first guy to sign the bad boy, but the last one to release an album. Correct. I think that's right. Correct. Yeah, and then so we'd I, have uh, what Maddie would be like. Oh yeah, Maddie Lee, That's Kim. Right. Yeah, we can make Maddie Lee little Maddie Kim. Lil Kim or Faith. Let's make her Faith. Faith is cool. I think Faith is a good comp for Maddie. We gotta that find us like a, we gotta find like a Carl Thomas on the R and B side. That's like we gotta. That's that's Chris Ranji. <laughs> Okay. That's easy. Suave black man, Chris Rock. I mean, I mean, other than the black thing, he's got the rest of it. No, I'm with it. I'm with it. I mean, the guy literally calls himself daddy. So, you know. I, I have never referred to uh, Chris Ronji as that. I know he likes to call himself that, and other people like to call him that. I will it's, refrain. It's I, nobody really can call, hilarious. You can't call somebody that. Unless no. they're your actual father. Yeah. Or, or sex club. But wait, can, can, <laughs> so yeah, I was going with like that works. So then we can make Roki little Kim. Yeah, I was gonna say Roki could be Kim. That's her vibe. It's a nice little label. It's pretty good. We're doing all right. Now we. I'm gonna let good. you guys keep. I'm going to let you guys keep pondering that for a minute. This show is brought to you by BetUS. You can go to BetUS.com and use promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word. You'll get a 125% sign-up bonus when you join. That means you put $100 in your account. They'll kick you $25 extra before you make your first bet. Um, I was going to give you the odds to win the 2022 World Series, but um, you know this is a good time to check in with our uh, sports-adjacent baseball correspondent, Russ Dorsey, for an update on the baseball labor strife. Russ, are the players still locked out? Yes. All right, let's get back to the bad boy conversation. What else do we need to, Wait, who else do we need to place here? I mean, oh, I don't know what else is going on. No, we, no we've covered the baseball news. Who else there's do we need no, to place here? Who, who else is part of the coaching tree? Is oh, Herb no, Lawrence no, part no. of this tree, Lawrence? Up. I got some baseball stuff that I want to get off my chest. Yeah, there is no news other than the, the commissioner being crazy and the, the network being whacked. So let's just call it what it is. Like okay. they've got problems that go beyond just the labor strife. You know, I, I hear you, but it's kind I, of a bit we do. Oh my bad. <laughs> no, it's okay. See, he came in burning the house down and forgot we were still yeah. in there. Right. <laughs> I opened the window. We can all get out. 
We'll get to it, Lawrence, because I I had it written down on my list of things I wanted to talk about, because I think that there's a bigger journalistic conversation that should be had with. Oh, we're going to really do a real update on the baseball labor issue. We don't have to do it right now, but I do think that's an important conversation. All right, we'll get to it. Put it on the list. Do uh, do we need to place anyone else in the uh, bad boys crew? Is uh, is. uh, is Herb Lawrence part of this? Well, is he part of your coaching people, tree? It's people under the House of House of L. Yeah, if House of what, L is that's bad. How boy. I'm looking at it. Like I'm thinking okay. of House of L as as okay. bad boy. What I what I do with the score is Fubu. So you know, that's the, <laughs> wait, that's the Sean John of Puff's Empire. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. I mean, it all counts. It does all count. I mean, you know, I I actually might be. I'm thinking about adding some more stuff to what it is we do at House of L. Okay. Hey, the posse cut coming soon. Yeah, man. (laughs) I'm thinking about some things. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We were having an old person conversation uh, in a couple of minutes before you got on the the stream, Russ, about clothing we would have that would be probably older than you if we have some stuff in our closet that would be and this lawrence is wearing a depaul hoodie this, today this, this hoodie is literally older than russ yeah it's like a 30 a year 20s, old hoodie a 30 year old hoodie this is this is a a it's almost 29 years old you're definitely older than me okay yeah <laughs> but so why do you still have it because it's comfortable and and nothing's happened to it like it doesn't it's not in pieces this is my around the house. I have two okay. around yeah. the house cool hoodies. I got like you. I'm not gonna wear these outside, but you know when I come home and 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 get my 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 Mister Rogers on and 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 take off the work clothes, which is also usually a hoodie, but a more expensive <laughs> one. You you transfer from your uh, formal work hoodie to you know, your, your casual at home hoodie. Yes, your fear of God off white hoodies. You know what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, bad boy. The label's doing really well. Fly, like I, I wear fly hoodies every six clothing. I wear those, and you know my my teams from all over. And this mm. is just like I don't feel like busting it all the way down like a pair of shorts and a t shirt, especially in winter. Mm-hmm. So you you put on a hoodie and you walk around, and this this and my I rotate my red one and my blue one. And I've had this for since freshman year college, which was almost 30 years ago. Crazy. I was thinking of uh, I have a U.S. Olympic hockey jersey that's from like one of the 90s Olympics, maybe 98. If that was a winter Olympics year, that's got to be older than Russ, I would think, or close. Are you what are you, 94? End of 94. Okay. See, Russ can't have this conversation with us because he'd be talking about like a onesie, which of course he wouldn't keep around. Well, this for is any this is quite the role reversal for Russ, because ordinarily what happens conversation where he's out of it. Yeah. Yes. What happens on the sports adjacent podcast is there's a <laughs> right. there's a ganging up on on Jason Leisure as the old guy yeah. with with Russ and and Anthony Gill. That's not the case because now I've you've got the oldest guy joining in, yes. and it's weird because thing is that you're actually not old but you if if i were a program director me you i would i would say that you skew older Hmm. which doesn't sound like that'll be a helpful comment for my career thank you no i i i think that (laughs) you're still inside of the window of what the sports radio demo is the sports radio demo is men 25 to 54 
Okay. You skew older than your age, which still puts you smack dab in the middle of the demo. Okay, I got it. So I'm 37, so so by number at 37, I'd be closer to the younger end. But I could, I I'm like I could play 50. Correct. Yeah, which is fine. And then years from now, when you're like, oh, I'm 40, and people be like, damn, I feel like I I've been listening to Jason Leisure for 20 years, and <laughs> yeah. I, I thought Since he turned 50, he was 50 yeah. years old by now. Yeah, That's normally crazy. normally this show, Lawrence, is like trying to chase a Corvette on foot for me. Like, I'm just trying to catch up the whole time to whatever they're talking about. Yes. That's See, good. I don't think it's going to be the opposite of that, Russ. I really, as so, as a, a, a listener of the Sports Adjacent podcast, it's not a Corvette. It's a cheetah. And the reason that it's a cheetah is because right. it's got the straight line speed. But that's not what happens. It doesn't get away from you in a straight line. Tony takes this thing all over the place. So it's like chasing a wild animal, not a car. <laughs> Just when you think you're there, he goes in another different direction. With a, a Corvette, that'd be difficult to do. But no, here's the thing, Lawrence. He'll he'll get us the top speed and go in different direction, and then he'll jump out of the car. Yes, he will. And then Jason that. and I are, are in the back like, oh, my God, and have to jump on the steering wheel. <laughs> and going over and a cliff. Correct before, yeah, before we go off the cliff. Yeah, Sometimes old, we do. Old Thelma and Louise Gill. Take you, you yes. guys right off the, the cliff with you. Yes. Lawrence, are you uh, old? You're you got to be old. You're old enough to remember Toonsis the cat. On I love Toonsis. Right? <laughs> Russ, I you know what that is? Tunsis. It's a. It was in a, a comic. It was uh no 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 it was Saturday That's Night Live it was Saturday Night Live bit oh, and it's no. uh it's it's not gonna sound as funny to you it as it actually was but driving cat the cat who could drive a car you drive around all over town Tunes is the driving cat so <laughs> so the bit was that it was it was a cat and they had like this puppet and the then the the puppet cat would drive around but literally every week. He would drive off a cliff, oh, and they'd be like, "Tootsies, no!" And then he, would <laughs> <laughs> they just cut away to the car going off the cliff yeah. and falling into the ravine and blowing up. But then every week, Tootsies would be back driving someone else around. And he would drive them off the cliff, and then they'd play the theme song again. <laughs> That's definitely our podcast. Yes, uh, I now I, I want Tony to watch every one of those. Because I do think that he would enjoy them. You know, it's yeah, you know, he would get it. Yeah, what it what it tunes is actually look like was the the video of the airplane, the the folks on the airplane with the the breastfeeding cat. You guys, this oh yes, you? yes, we talked about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah. on a Delta flight, I believe. Tunes look like that cat, like real talk. <laughs> <laughs> the puppet Tunes. <sighs> Dude, I'm going to have so much fun watching that later. Oh I love Toons as the driving cat. Jason does definitely skew way older than he is, but his daughters aren't old. Like, his daughters are really young. So that's why I'm like, some young should fall on you, like, by proxy. They're his too young. They're too young, though. If they're 8 and 10, if they were, like, 15, then I would have a better idea what young people are. And usually I find out what young people are into because I go in the locker room, and we haven't done that for two years. <sighs> That, that was – it's so weird because the player that let me know that I was out of touch 
like as as a, someone covering that locker room, like I had been in the Bears locker room for four seasons, it was Devin Hester. And I at the time I was only twenty nine, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I am I am definitely out <laughs> of this whole thing here that's going on because no, I was thirty, I was thirty one, I was thirty one, but just mm-hmm. meeting Devin and talking to Devin. Being like, oh man, there's not that much room between us, but there's a ton of room. Yes, between us. And then you're like, okay, I've got to figure out a way to talk with younger people in this locker room going forward. It hurts. We- I I'd imagine for because like here's the thing because sometimes now it's I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Cause like when I met Lawrence for the first time, it was like, "Hey man, I'm a big fan. I grew up listening to you." Yeah, there that it is. shouldn't be yes. that shouldn't be the shot that it sounds and comes off as per, to probably Lawrence, where it's like, "Wow, I'm old. Thanks, Russ. Good yeah, to meet you I liked too. you back when I was a kid." Right. right. No, I live in this space now where because I mean I literally have students that I've been teaching for twelve years now. So now we're talking about students that are in their mid thirties. So for someone to say they grew up listening to me, it's not, it doesn't hurt as bad as it did before when I was teaching. And Cause there were people like, Oh man, you know, I, I started thinking about my career because of your, your shows that you were doing. And back at the time, like when I first started out, I was 22 years old, 23 years old when I was first like given the opportunity to do shows so it's not that weird that 24 years later or whatever, that there would yeah. be people that that come up and say it. It is it does feel a little bit strange at times. But I mean, I literally have students who I refer to as my kids and my kids have actual kids. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. it's not it's not that that weird. Like it was it was. I remember having a conversation with Sarah Gordon, who played for the Chicago Red Stars, and now she's going to play for L.A. Sarah's yes, one of my did. kids. And and so Sarah was actually like she had just had her son when she was my student. And now I see videos and pictures of that dude. He's taller than her. Like he's a monster. And he's was he eight years old now. So it, that stuff is always really strange. It, it's but it's nice, man. It, it, I didn't feel that way when you said it, Russ. I, I promise you, I didn't feel that way. No, because it's like you go home like, dang, man. It didn't come out like I wanted it to. Like, <laughs> I wanted it to be admiration. And it's like, damn, bro, you old as hell. Good to meet you. Man, you I'm know? surprised you're still here. You old as dirt. Man, they they still got you. They still rolling you out over there at the score, man. <laughs> I mean, it was, no. it was a thing on the, the 30th anniversary of the station to have been there for 24 of those 30. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. See, I, we're not even that far apart in age, but I feel like I grew up listening to a little bit and grew up as a loose word. I mean, you could be talking about when I'm 16 years old or 17 years old. But I mean, to even like, uh, you know, on par with Russ's is I, I would tell you that I became a fan of yours because my dad really liked you. <laughs> my dad is a fan of yours because my dad would hear my dad would hear you pop on the uh, Steve Dahl show, which was incredibly yes. popular. Yeah, the Dahl podcast, man. And, and so to bring it full circle. Like, that's who I grew up listening to. Steve, yeah. Oh, my God. Steve and Gary back in the day 
my brother got me into Stephen Gary because, quite honestly, like at 12 years old, I shouldn't have been listening to Stephen Gary. I listened to it as a kid, too, because my dad always had it on. And I, like, A, didn't really get it or like it and didn't realize so I was much older that, like, oh, this is kind of – this was innovative. This was forward thinking. This was ahead of its time. This it was really like was. a precursor to non-sports sports shows, like Levitard show, for example. Yep. There's not think- a huge difference between the way – Steve went about things and then and Steve jumped out into the podcast space before anyone who I knew in the podcast space like he you know I you knew about whether it was Joe Rogan's podcast or some of the the big luminaries in podcasting. Adam Carolla I think was one of the yeah yeah you knew about a couple of those but I didn't know anyone in the podcasting business and yeah. all when he left radio he jumped in there and 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 he he was an innovator like again like he was an innovator in radio and then he was an innovator in podcasting so when he would ask me to come on because he had listened to me on the score mm-hmm. i was like yo like i'm that's my man like i love steve doll so being yeah. able to vibe with him and hang out with him is honestly like one of the best things. And then he would like invite me to stuff. Like it, it, it was more than just, I, he called me every couple months for the podcast. Like he'd be like, Hey, a bunch of us are hanging out. Do you want to come and hang out? And I get the opportunity to pick his brain about yeah, radio that's awesome, man. And style. Like you can't, it's, it's the best type of education. How'd you end up on there? And how, how much did that, what, what kind of springboard for, I mean, you already had things kind of going at that point for your career, but did that springboard you a little more from where you were at? And, and also to uh, just curious how you ended up doing that show. So I didn't, it's weird. Cause you don't know who listens. Like there's someone listening to sports adjacent that you have no idea <laughs> listens. Right. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Like this person listens to our podcast. And that's what it was like with Steve where Steve would hear me on the score because he's a huge White Sox fan. Mm. And he'd hear me talking about the White Sox or what's up with the White Sox or every now and again, I'd go cover a game or whatever. And he just liked my style. And his producer, Mary, who's now in charge of WGN, she's one of the smartest people in our business. Like, Mm -hmm. point blank. Mary Boyle is a gangster. She said, you know, we knew each other like kind of from the business. Right. And she's like, Hey, do you want to come be on Steve's podcast? And I was like, hell yes. Like for real, for real. So for me, it, it's, it's sort of surreal. Like it, I, I, re- I remember distinctly when we moved out to Homewood, there were a lot of things that I was still trying to like connect with from the city. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to, you're trying to hold on to what you had, like what I had in Roseland. Versus me being out in Homewood and it being a whole new world to me. And I, I can remember the the two things that I still stay connected to was listening to Stephen Gary and Croc, Crocs and Brentano's, the bookstore at Evergreen Plaza. Because mm-hmm. that's where I would go to get comic books when I was a kid. So I would literally be on the floor in the kitchen just wiling out listening mm-hmm. to that show. Because my brother was like, you got to listen to these two dudes. You got to listen to them. And it was hilariously funny. And now, like, haven't, haven't had the chance to 
chop it up with Steve. Like, it's yeah. crazy. And what's cool about Steve is a lot of times you don't want to meet the people that you admire. Yeah. Like it, 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 it happens a lot. Because they will not be what you're hoping the, for them to be. Yeah. He's been all of that for me. Like, I've had, whether it's, here's what I'm thinking about doing. This is what they're offering me in my contract. What would you say to this? Like that sort of stuff. He's been super helpful. Super. Like he's amazing. The irony is. So they did this whole thing called disco demolition. Yeah. Oh yeah. At Comiskey. Yeah. This was a big thing for, for Steve Dahl and I have his book and he signed it, which was great. My brother is a luminary in house music in Chicago. And obviously like house has some of its roots built in disco. Yeah. yeah. And, and so he fights this battle with himself because he loves Steve. <laughs> he hated disco demolition. Yeah. And, and to be able to be part of that, like kind of in between those two worlds has been really, really dope. How much of that show do you think you understood at 12? How much like your brother's got you listening? I mean, did you really get it? No. Or? I didn't get it until later, and it's one of the shows that I went back and and like you go back and listen to some of the classic bits of it. I just knew one of the best things about that show to me was they were having fun, and it came yeah. across. So my yeah. feeling is if I'm having fun, then hopefully the listener is too. Like today on the score, while the day we're recording this, we had this crazy transition that just went off the rails. With and Layla off, and Dan, or yeah, we okay, Layla yeah. and Dan. And That's not off, surprising. It went off the rails because we were talking about the Bears, and it was all serious. And then Layla was like, "Yeah, you know the quote that really got me mad was Ryan Pace talking about if you want to know what development looks like, look at at Jesper Horstead." And I was like, "He didn't actually say that, right?" And so she's like, no, he said it. I'm going to find it. Did he so say that on like the Joniak pregame show or something? The team yeah. on radio thing? At the yeah. beginning of the season. And Dan and I start cracking up laughing because the idea of it is absurd. And then when she got the actual quote, I lost it. And then the producers found the actual sound. And I, I honestly couldn't make it through the end because me and Dan were then just having a field day. Just yeah. throwing stuff out there, how ridiculous it sounds. And the hope is, is that when people hear it, they, if you're enjoying it, they're enjoying it. So, yeah, I lost my shit and people seem to dig it. And yeah. I'm looking at, at the text messages and everything else and people are into it. That's part of what I've, uh, what Russ and I have talked about a lot since we started this. Uh, what last year are we coming up on a year of this now russ was yeah. if we, if we're having a good time if we're laughing then the listeners are going to be having a good time and the listeners are going to be laughing um what you described with being becoming part of the doll show is a lot like what happened to me in miami with levitard show where i was a fan of that show before it blew up it was a bit it was the big sports show locally in miami before it went national and I was such a fan of that show and I'd never heard anything like it. You probably felt that way when you're listening to Steve Dahl back in the day. I had never heard any sports show like this. This was totally different. It was fantastic. It was funny and it made you think, and it was just uh, thoroughly entertaining. You could listen to all 
three or four hours, whatever it was. And then at some point when I was covering the heat, they invite me on as a guest and things kind of go from there. And I eventually was part of their show weekly. And it's just like, it's like if you have a TV show that you really like and they want you on for a couple of guest episodes that so you get to be on with that cast or a basketball team that you like. And they're like, hey, why don't you come play with us or a band that you like? And they're like, hey, will you play a set with us or something? Like that. It's, it's amazing. It's like, these are incredibly talented people that I enjoy so much. And like, I get to come do like a guest spot on here or something like that. It's awesome. Was there something like that for you, Russ? I know, you, I know you're on the younger side, but I mean, have you... Has there been something where you were invited to be on probably I would assume with TV or radio or maybe even, I don't know, the Sun-Times or something like the Sun-Times, like it's no joke that you get there and Rick Tellender is one of your colleagues. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but has uh, there been anything like that? Rick Morrissey too. Has there been anything like that for you, Russ? Well, it's ironic that we have Lawrence on the show because the first time I was on Lawrence's show, it was like the biggest thing in the Dorsey house. You're going to really kiss right? up to the boss here, man. <laughs> no, it's not even that. But it's like my family loves, always loved Lawrence's show back when he was doing Nights, Hater Wednesday, Ask Her, shoot, Hamp and Holmes, like for a long time. And so going on Lawrence's show was significant. Going on the score in general was significant. So it's one of those things where you're from here, being from Chicago, Chicago land area. And then to go on an institution like the score or writing for yep. the Sun-Times, like that in and of itself is a big deal. Yeah, when I was at the Super Bowl, Russ. Jason introduced me to all the people from Levitar's show. And oh, it a couple was like years a, ago in Miami. Yeah. yeah, it was a big deal for me yeah. because listening to that show helped the next like evolution of my own show like i remember listening to that show and being like yeah I, I guess we can we can we can go out a little bit farther on some of the things that we're already doing because it's working and i found myself listening to the levitar show more and more like every day i found myself being interested in how they were doing evergreen stuff meaning they weren't beholden to this is what happened in sports today. Yeah. We're going to talk about this. And they weren't beholden to the car wash effect of ESPN. Like, I, I'm not right. trying to shit on what ESPN does. It's been super successful. But obviously, yes. there, there's there's they stood out because of how different they were. It, it reminded me a lot of what Boers and Bernstein were like where this show, it's definitely a local show and they care about the things that happen from day to day, but their analysis on the Bears or the Bulls wasn't really the things that you were tuning in and listening for. It was the interaction between Dan and Terry. It was, if there were big picture things, then you could go to Dan and Terry and know that they were going to be on the right side of Penn State, for example. Yeah. And with Lebitard, it's the same thing. Like I they they putz around a lot on that show. They'll do 15 minutes on like the self-checkout kiosk. And yeah. it'll, be, it'll be hilarious. But, but then they they'll also, also give you something right, else. Right. They can also get weighed into the water of black bodies and the the use and abuse of black bodies in sports. And 
and meeting yeah. those guys and and being able to talk with them was great. Like meeting Stu Gotts was <laughs> I have a picture with Stu Gotts. And it, it is it was so great. And what's crazy, Russ, is they were literally behind me on Radio yeah. Row. They like, had a huge right, set and you right were at there. like a desk yes. couple, 20 feet away from them, maybe or something. Yeah. I had a table. I had a table. And honestly, I can't, I still don't know. I still don't know why leisure is here. Like, I still don't understand why. Where? Here. On oh, House in Chicago? Oh, no. Literally on House of L. I've been trying. I've been oh. racking my brain. Like, why is he not on Metal Luck? Like, why, why, did, why didn't you go and join the rest of that crew? They're not just handing out sacks full of cash. I mean, they kind of are now they with DraftKings, but not that. Well, when we when we started this, when when I talked to Russ about starting this, it was from day one. It was we wanted to be connected with you because we, we wanted your guidance as kind of like an executive producer, and we just thought like that that is a fit in every way. That this show, what we what the way we think about things and the way that you think about things, that all makes it like we should be part of House of L. And I'm not saying that if somebody comes and offers us millions of dollars, we're going to stay because we don't really love House of L that much. Agreed. But, but we fit really well. With Morris House don't of like House of L that much. We fit. <laughs> we fit really well with House of L. When I when I was down there, me too. That's all. That's all I asked. Yeah, just buy the, buy the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm daddy. Uh, That'd be great. We, we try to uh, when when I moved here from Miami, like I had had I had enjoyed so much, and I've never lived here as an adult until I moved here. So there was no history between you and me or anything like that. My entire adult life was in Florida. Um, and I had been doing the Levitard show down there and enjoyed it so much. This is a very self-indulgent segment, but it's our podcast. So we can, uh, I enjoyed it as a creative outlet so much. I enjoyed all the things you just said about, about how different it was as a sports show. And I was like, man, I'm, I don't think I'm going to find that in Chicago because I think that show would not do well in Chicago. It and it's not on. Well, it it's not on well anywhere in Chicago. In Chicago. You can't, like it, it that's literally not what was, Chicago generally wants. It, it literally was on in Chicago, and it did not do well here. Yeah. And and it's it, it it was it was cool for me because when they they took it off, it was like I didn't feel bad because then I was just <laughs> listening to ESPN National instead of ESPN One Thousand. Yeah. But, but yeah, it for a provincial city like Chicago. It's probably not going to work as well because of what Chicago sports fans need in their day to day. But overall, like it's my outside of the podcast that I produce. It's my number one podcast. Well, when I moved here three years ago, I was following people on Twitter and listening to different shows. And again, you and I didn't know each other at all. We weren't we had zero history. had never even met or talked or anything at that point. And it, and I, over the first couple months I was there, I was here. I was like, if there's anybody here that's going to get me, that's going to have like some kind of shared creative vision of what a sports show could be. It's this guy, it's Lawrence Holmes. And I, and I knew of you obviously from before, like I said, with the um, appearances on my, on uh, the doll show and my dad being a big fan. And I was like, that's, if that ever worked out, that would be, that would be my best chance of having something close to what I had in Miami. And I think your show is the the furthest your show reaches the farthest creatively while still being 
this Chicago sports show that everybody wants. Um, but I had no idea how to make that connection or anything. And it was so random that I was covering a Blackhawks game and you came up to me to introduce yourself to me. Cause I think I saw you, you know what? Now I'm remembering this. I was covering some random Hawks game, Russ. And I saw you there and I was like, this is the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. That's Lawrence Holmes. That's the guy that I think like creatively, professionally, like we would have a lot in common. And I was like, I don't want to bother him. Like th- this can be embarrassing. Like Mr. Holmes, could I have a selfie? Something like that. And well, you came, you came up to me. You came up to, yeah. Yeah. My dad. Oh, Mr. Holmes. My dad's a big fan of yours. <laughs> you came up to me and you said, Hey, my wife is a huge fan of yours. And she said, I had to meet you if I got the chance. And then we kind of went from there. Well, yeah. Mel was, she's pushy like that. And uh, she, she <laughs> said, it's true. Like she, she was really good at pushing me out of my comfort level because my, I never want to bother anybody. And I'm just kind of like in my own world. And I, I do realize that that might come off as me being aloof. And it's not. something. Yeah, like, that, like yeah. it's it's not meant to be. It's just like I understand, one, how hard it is to do a job mm-hmm. when, when you're out there covering a the game. You don't have time for a lot of small talk and, and shit. So, but she's like, because we we listened. Like she listened to, to Levitar's show too. And she loves you. So, so, so she was like, you got to go talk to him. And I said, "Eh, Oh, so she said that to you at the game. Yeah. She was at the game. Oh, he's like, you got to go talk to him. You have to introduce yourself. And I said, okay. And so I did. And I'm like, Oh, like I, in my mind, I didn't even think about it as he might be a listener of the show. I just knew that whenever we hear you on Levitar, you were great. He's so good. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And now look at what, what it's wrought, you know, like it's, it's, it's wrought what I think is a really good friendship on top of yeah. us like, working together. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's, you're, you're like one of the only people that I will leave the house for. Like, oh, wow. Real, Thank you. Thank like you. that's a big deal. Like you were like, Hey, I'm in the neighborhood. I was like, you know what? That I can do. You're one of like three people that has uh, made the trek out to Elgin out to my house. Yeah, I enjoyed that trek out to your house. You, you got to fly there from most places. Good Lord, like getting back was a thing. <laughs> Russ, you know. Like, it's a long trip. It's a long is, trip. It is a really, like, like when you get off the highway, you're like, oh, I'm almost there. And you're like, no. No, no, no you're like 45 minutes away. That's, that is, that's not, not where I lived. Here. That's not where I lived when I covered the Blackhawks, thankfully. Um, but I, I guess a lot of people probably forget that I covered the Blackhawks. That's the job I moved here to take. And I did it for like, I thought I'd be doing it for five years. I was doing it. I did it for like three or four months. I think I um, said to you that night that you won't be covering the Blackhawks for law. I don't know. You might have. But if you did, I wouldn't have believed it because I had no reason to think that anything different would happen. But um, you, what I know what you guys did convey one way or another between you and Tony, who was your producer at the time, because I think Tony had a, a similar kind of fandom like you did of that of Levitar show was we would love to have you on. But we're not having you on while you're covering hockey because nobody cares about that on the radio. That is correct. That That is correct, and that is the correct way to go about it if you're Tony. And <laughs> Tony's so great. Like, Tony on my show, now granted, there's there's a built-in governor. I am the built-in governor yeah. of my show. So, yes, some of Tony's crazy got out, but not all of it got out, and we kind of let it out in drips and drabs. But 
how I know that that guy is a creative genius is I was telling him this because he had, you know, the, the, when he interviewed for, he interviewed to be my EP twice. Mm-hmm. So Herb left and he went to San Diego for a year. And mm-hmm. Joe got promoted. So I was kind of like, what am I going to do for, for a producer? The first time that Tony interviewed for the job, me and Mitch, like the program director at the score, we, after his interview, we looked at each other and we were like, he's not ready yet, but he's close. He came in with like a, literally a binder of ideas, things that he wanted to do for the show, like all this stuff. And I was like, keep, we need to keep this young man in mind. Like he's really good. He's got some ideas. Like he's definitely going places. So when the job opened up again, I was like, it's gotta be Tony. Like it's got to be Tony. Cause what happened was, was Herbie was the EP. He had come back. He was the EP, but he was running Cubs games. And so he was so valuable on Cubs they weren't going to move him because he was basically the only person that could produce Cubs. So I said, okay, if I can't take Herbie with me to the daytime show, then I want Tony. And Mitch was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's only been a year. I'm like, trust me, it's going to work out. And Tony like just started vomiting ideas, like just Let's do he this right there with as, as, right as there he usually does. As he usually Let's does. Let's do this. Let's do this. The shit that he <laughs> vomiting did, is a great verb. For yes, it. yes. it's the truth. That's what he does. The shit that he did with Joe Madden was incredible. And, and I, I thought, as someone that doesn't follow the Cubs at all and never has, I so enjoyed you guys' segments with Joe Madden. That was such. That's another example of like a perfect match. You yeah. guys and him was a perfect match. Well, what was cool about Joe and I? I got so much love for that dude. He he made things easy because he wanted to play. Yes. Right? He liked he liked the idea of the platform and what Tony did to open it up. Like, you know, I'm I'm doing stuff like behind the scenes where I went to go see Joe. Like mm-hmm. I literally was like, hey, like I want to like get to I want you to get to know me. I want you to know what I'm about, like blah 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 blah. We sat in his office. We were talking about it was before a game one night. Like we were just talking about all sorts of shit. He was like, Oh, let me tell you about the beer. And we got along. And it meant yeah. a lot to him for me to come and hang out there at the ballpark. And what's crazy is like everyone, this is why this is why I f- with the Cubs, man. Like for real. <laughs> everyone over there at Addison and Clark knows that I'm a White Sox fan. Everyone. And they mm-hmm. don't care. Like, they don't care. They were totally cool with me having both manager shows. Like, I I did the Joe Madden show, and now I do the David Ross show, and they don't care. Theo and Jet didn't care. People in the front office didn't care. Like, they, I think the other place would care if it was the other would, way around. I, I can tell you for a fact that they don't like that I've done the Cubs manager show. <laughs> I, I promise you that there are people over there that have said stuff like, oh, so you're with them now. I'm like, no, I just do a radio uh, show and 
we happen to be the Cubs flagship. Like you guys could have stayed. We would have definitely loved to have you be our, be our team, but Joe played ball so well. Yeah, he did. And then Tony was like, we got to have some fun with them. And when we opened, when we cracked him, we cracked him with the cookie thing. We cracked him with the chocolate chip cookie versus. What was this? I, I don't remember this. What was this? Tony is because, you know, he's he's part human, part contrarian. Um, he's like the best cookie is oatmeal raisin. Chocolate oh, yeah, he does. Say, oh, yeah, that's right. He does say that. And I'm like, what? Like, there's OK. So I threw it out to Joe. I said, Joe, my EP asserts that oatmeal raisin. And he was like, no. Like, he shut it down. And then just like I could see. Because what Tony thought was going to happen is because since Joe is kind of a contrarian counterculture type, yeah. dude, Tony thought that he had an ally and Joe took a flamethrower to his oatmeal raisin cookie argument. <laughs> like just this, I could see Tony's heart break on the other side of the glass as Joe Madden went chapter in verse on why chocolate chip cookies were so much better than oatmeal raisin cookies. And what was amazing about it is the reaction from the listener. Like yeah. that debate, people wanted to talk about regardless. But the fact that the chocolate chip people were like, yeah, Joe's on our side, man. Joe's a chocolate chip dude. Now what's up? It completely opened it up to us doing all sorts of weird stuff with Joe. And he was completely with it. I love that man no matter what. I went to go when the Cubs were at, at spring training. I was doing shows out of Sloan. And I went to go see him when he took over the Angels. Mm -hmm. And I just like hung out in the background. And then he saw me and he gave me this huge hug. He's like, what are you doing out here? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm at, you know, Cubs. And he's like, let me tour you around. Joe Madden walked me around Diablo Stadium in Tempe. Like, mm -hmm. we, and we, he was like, this is why I love it here and blah, 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 blah. And now whenever I ask him to come on, he comes on and it's great. Like I had him on a couple of weeks ago when, uh, with Otani and we were talking about yeah. Otani and he's just amazing. And all, all of that is because Tony was willing to push me to take risks. Russ, are we gonna are we gonna talk about Tony every segment during his sabbatical? Can you tell that we like, uh, uh, No, no, I don't think we should. He's <laughs> taking right, time off. There's no there's no uh, PTO in this arrangement that we have with him. <laughs> Yet he said, you know what? Eh, time off. Take it. So yesterday, a story by Andrew Marshan, a sports media columnist for the New York Post, came out that. Ken Rosenthal would not be returning to MLB Network after 13 years, uh, citing a disagreement between the commissioner's office, specifically the commissioner, and things that Ken had written last year um, about the state of the league. Um, Ken responded later that night and said that he really enjoyed his 13 years at MLB Network uh, and that nothing else would change in his coverage of, of Major League Baseball. And there was obviously an outlook, a pouring of support from people within baseball about how great of a person and reporter Ken Rosenthal is, something I can attest to personally. And uh, you have 
an interesting conversation that should be had that I have, I've been having the last 48 hours, but even a little bit longer for a lot of reasons. And you have a place like MLB Network that is under the umbrella of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And you have these these websites run by the league, like your NFL.coms, your NBA.coms, your MLB.coms. And you know the league, it's it's state-sponsored TV in a lot of regards. Yeah, But those places have gone on record saying that they want reporters to be independent, feel like they can do your, their job, really report. And they tell people that. But when you have a situation like this where you have, it's not just a guy, it's what many consider to be the best reporter in all of baseball working in your building and he's reporting on baseball. And it's not like he said like, yo, I think Rob Manfred is an idiot. He was reporting what people around the league, players in the game, people in the game feel about Rob Manfred. Right. And that did not go over well in the commissioner's office. And therefore, (laughs) Ken is out. I just think there is a, in the middle of a, a lockout where the league does not look good already, there is a short sightedness to, there's going to be some lumps you take publicly as a commissioner of a league. Of course. That just comes with the territory. It comes with the job. To not allow not only a reporter, but the best reporter in the business to do his job and push him out because of that, there's a real issue that we need to talk about in sports because, uh, Jason, we, you and I have talked about it in, in, in with the NFL and how you know reporters are getting less and less power and you know the control of who you get to talk to, when you get to talk to them, what time you get to talk to them, and then in baseball where I feel like we might have more access and power because things are collectively bargained. Um, that took a big hit, right? When you have the best reporter in the sport not be able to report truthfully and feel like he can't say things that are truthful and honest because he works on a league network. I think that's really unfortunate, and I think that it really needs to be talked about. It looks They look scared when they do something like that, and they look uh, insecure. But, Lawrence, I, I look at this all the time when I see – NFL Network, MLB Network, all, all these things that claim to be objective media outlets. I mean, they are never totally objective. Like you can't be when you're still when you're getting your paycheck signed by the same guy that everyone else is because you it's work the, there. It's the truth that it's it's more difficult for team sites, league sites to do the same thing that an independent newspaper like the Sun Times or the Tribune will do even USA Today like it's it's difficult for them to do it what's bothersome to me about this with Kim Rosenthal is that it's a bit of a mission creep like we we've started to see that our audiences don't always appreciate the links to which reporters have independence yeah and that they will often turn on those of us who have an independent voice because it's not carrying pom-poms. And then when their favorite team doesn't succeed or doesn't get the valued free agent 
or doesn't make the right hire, the questions are always posed to us. Well, why weren't you guys talking about this? Or, well, why weren't you guys trying to find out what was going on? And the truth is, is that we are. In football, they've always wanted control of the messaging, even though for the most part, it a lot of it doesn't matter because the, it seems a little bit too big to fail. It's it's upsetting and and it's it's troublesome when you start thinking about what it is that we do for a living. With baseball, I've always thought that MLB.com has done the best that they could inside the parameters of being a a league site. When when you have one of the top, if not the the guy that does your sideline reporting for your World Series, for your championship. When you push him out because the commissioner has a beef with him, it tells me a lot about who Rob Manfred is, quite honestly. <laughs> All three of us have probably had moments with people that we cover that we offered something that those people didn't like. Yes. And it didn't end with us being fired or even our job being threatened. It usually ends in a confrontation. It usually, and I mean that in the, in the best way, like it usually ends with you and that person being on a field or in a room or on a phone call. Hey, why did you say this? Why did you report this? This is, I had one of those recently. Of course. I mean, I had one this year too. Yep. It happens, man. I, I, I honestly think some of my best relationships in the business have come from those moments. That is actually how that confrontation ended. Yeah, I mean, You're hell, right. yeah. I, me and me and Kenny Williams used to mf each other on the backfields of Camelback Ranch quite a bit <laughs> back in the day, and he's one of the people that I genuinely like in this business. Mm-hmm. The idea of you're either with us or against us is yeah. scary, and I know that I've run into it over the past year. And it made me really sad because I was like, oh, now this is okay. This is now this type of this. They thought that I was on the payroll. Like, no, I'm not on the payroll. And I'm going to say what I want to say about things. There was, I, you know, for everybody out there, I wrote at .com for two years before I got to the Sun-Times. And there was a weight that was lifted off my shoulders the day I took the Sun-Times job, not because, like, oh, my God, I get my first real shot to cover team, cover beat. It's for the first time in two years I can really be honest. You're not getting your paycheck from the people that you cover. And it felt like I always had to walk on eggshells, and I have times where I'm like, I couldn't write something that was honest and fair because it was too harsh. I had those words used before, right? I used to get in trouble... Almost every week because I would tweet something that normal people would look at and be like, that's one funny Two, you're not wrong. But I, there was a couple of times like, yo, people at the commissioner's office weren't a fan of this. And I was just a nobody at the time. Um, yep. But I know that has happened. So the fact yep. that this has happened to Ken does not surprise me. I know it might surprise a lot of people because, like, oh, my God, it's Ken Rosenthal. But like knowing how the sausage is made so to speak, like I, I kind of understand how you get to this yeah. conclusion. Um, well, also, also knowing how the sausage is made in our industry, I was think my first thought was one, he's going to go absolutely kill somewhere else. 
like he's going to go just be the same guy and break everything yeah. for someone else. But two, he, he, I mean, man, he's going to be happier. He's going to be happier working somewhere else other than here. He, when he got the backlash that he did, but didn't this start? Didn't this whole thing with him start in 2020 during the yes. COVID season? Yeah, I mean, he's going to be happier getting out, just like how you described Russ being out from under that pressure. Go ahead, Lawrence. What Manfred doesn't understand is that what he did is he martyred Ken Rosenthal. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You nailed it. Yes. And what he doesn't get is that is now strengthened Ken Rosenthal's relationship with players. Number one. Number two, there are a lot of people in baseball that do not like Rob Manfred. Mm -hmm. Most. I would say most. And now guess where they are unpopular. Yes. To get that. Now. Now it can be harsher than what Ken Rosenthal was doing before. Yeah, And he doesn't understand that. What bothers me is I wish that baseball had a commissioner that loved baseball. I, <laughs> I really do. And and it doesn't seem like this guy does. And I, I was talking about this a lot on the radio. There are a lot of guys that are killers. Like you, you can find, you can find any of these guys to be your figurehead commissioner and, and they're killers on the negotiating side, which is mm-hmm. supposedly one of Rob Manfred's strengths you could still find people that can do it with charisma and just do it with a caring of the game. And they don't have that. And I don't, I don't know why the owners would want him as their face. I think it's a bad face for them to have. And they don't realize that it's a bad face, at least not yet. They haven't realized that it's a bad face for them to have. And I wish they would because they're qualified people that that could do that job and look, look at the way that Adam Silver is looked upon by media and fans and by mm-hmm. players he's looked on as someone that yes clearly works in the interest of the owners but is not unwilling to olive branch the players like they feel like they can actually oh, yeah. go to him you get that from the players too the players i think that you never see some of the um contention between players and the commissioner's office and the overall like ownership in the NBA like you do in the other sports because they feel more like it is an actual partnership. I there's a tweet from David Aldridge today, longtime NBA reporter, and he said this earlier, 7 a.m. I work for Turner Sports, which operated NBA TV and NBA.com in partnership with the league for 14 years. Mm. You know what David Stern did when I wrote something or said something on TV he didn't like? He called me up and cussed me out, but he didn't go to my bosses and try to fire me. I think the the one, I think David Stern is one of the best commissioners of all times in any sport. Um, mm. I will not say that Rob Manfred's in that category. <laughs> he's uh, not, I'll say it. He's, he's not, not. This he's he's not as good as C League. But I but one and sidebar one of the things I saw about C League, he did a lot of things wrong. You can never say that that guy didn't love baseball. Um, Correct. But I think what David Aldridge said is correct in that, look, if you you have an issue with me, talk to me. Right? I'm just trying to do the job that I'm supposed to do the best job I can reporting for the fans. Because ultimately, that's the people who lose here for MLB Network. If you're looking at their – like, they lost the best or a top two reporter in all of baseball – 
and now that guy goes somewhere else, not on your network. And what you should want as a fan of anything is the truth. That's what you should want. You shouldn't want the spun truth that the league or the team is giving you. My concern for the consumer is that they're not that, we that they don't know. Yeah, they don't get it. That they yeah. don't understand. They think that we're just mad because something happened to one of our bread brethren, as uh, the the folks from the islands would say, in in our business. And yeah, there's some of that in there. But the truth is, is that I want there to be more transparency in in reporting. I want fans to know more. And I think that, that, that in a lot of cases, fans have gotten much smarter about the business of things, that how things work. They still aren't great on knowing how our business works. And as more networks and newspapers are bought out by people who own teams and radio stations are bought out by people who own teams, the messaging is it's it's a it's a dangerous time for where you're getting your information from when it comes to sports. And I know that there are people who think that sports is the toy department and and it doesn't matter. But it should matter because when you're trying to get answers to those questions about why your favorite players haven't been re-signed, this is the mission creep of it. That's why I was pointing out the the Cubs thing where the people of the Cubs know that I'm a White Sox fan. They don't care. That's rare. Like that, That's a rare thing. Yeah. They didn't insist that the manager show for the Cubs on the Cubs flagship station – is done by someone who is a dyed-in-the-wool Cubs fan. That that is tremendous, like to me that they're that they're kind of like we don't care. Like we're we're still the Cubs, so it it doesn't matter. The stuff that we're seeing the NFL do during COVID, and I'm very curious on how the pendulum's going to swing back if we ever get out of COVID. They love the way that these press conferences go now. Oh, yeah. They love that it's on Zoom. They love that they can call on whoever they want in whatever order they want instead of a reporter asserting themselves and putting forth a line of questioning in a press conference. Yep. They love that they can mute someone. Yep. yep. It's what they've been dreaming about doing for decades mm-hmm. because of the messaging. And, and the problem is fans will then wonder, well, why weren't these questions asked in a press conference? Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why they weren't asked. And, and the other reason is if you ask too many of those questions, you become a target. You become someone that they can figuratively and literally mute. <laughs> yeah. All right. You guys ready for football roundup? Yeah, man. I've been All dying right. for football roundup. It's time for football roundup. Usually Tony sings a little song. I just I miss him so much, Russ. I do. Well, that makes one of us. Come on. Say that you miss Tony. Tony's no. still on sabbatical, but we'll do football roundup without him. Uh, football roundup is brought to you by BetUS. You can go to BetUS.com. 
and use promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word, to get 125% sign-up bonus. You put in $100 to start your account, they'll kick you 25 to make your first bet. Something you can bet on, Russ, are the 2022 World Series odds, assuming that it happens. I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure they'll get going eventually. The favorite is the Dodgers at 6-1, to one, the, then the Astros at 9-1, to one, the Yankees at 10-1, to one, and then the Braves and White Sox are 12-1. to one. Uh, Some NFL lines you can look at this weekend. Cowboys are minus seven at the Eagles on Saturday. Doubleheader on Saturday this week. Uh, Bucks minus nine at home against the Panthers. Washington minus seven at the Giants. Saints are minus four and a half at the Falcons. Cardinals are minus seven at home against the Seahawks. And the Rams are minus four versus the 49ers. I don't have Cooper Cup in the football roundup, but, you, you know, if you want 30 seconds on Cooper Cup, you can do it here, Russ. Cooper Cup for MVP. One of, oh, look, I, uh, I think he deserves to be offensive uh, player of the year. I think if MVP goes to either Jonathan Taylor or Aaron Rodgers or likely Rodgers, I think he deserves to be in that. He's having one of the best offensive seasons we've, yeah. we've ever seen from a wide receiver. Like, he's going to be third or fourth all-time in receptions, one of the best receiving yardage years of all time, and, like, 17 touchdowns. Crazy. Triple crown in receiving, I think, the first since Jerry Rice in the 90s, in the mid-90s. Am I right about that? Did I, read I think that it first? was um, Megatron. Megatron didn't do it? I don't receptions, yards, so. and touchdowns. Huh. Uh, I'll look while you're talking. He was. Thank you. Yes, you're producing. <laughs> Normally what uh, Tony doesn't do now Does you'll not actually do, yes. be doing it yeah right uh dual threat russ dorsey russ dorsey uh <laughs> cooper cup actually was in the news because he said that the 17 game record should count differently and I, I get what he's saying and it is respectful to the guys that set all the 16 game records but i mean come on you don't do that in sports like we, we've expanded the baseball schedule over the years and nobody thinks of separate records for different amounts of games or whatever uh, football roundup begins with the video of Jalen Hurts walking off the field in Washington. Yikes. That scares me every time I watch it. Russ, I've watched it all the way to the end, and it still scares me every time I start it again because I still feel like those people are going to land on his ankle or something or hurt themselves. He casually sidesteps that, but like if that that thing that railing hits him in the side of the knee, there's the a monster lawsuit coming for the Washington insert yeah. in here's. Uh, as we found out today, there are new team names coming out uh, in a month. Um, I think it's going to be the Pilgrims. It's not going to be. <laughs> not kidding, go on. <laughs> that was a good joke. Um, By the, the way, crazy... Steve Smith is the last Triple Crown. Huh. Steve Smith yeah. of the Panthers. Yeah. The, uh, the it, 108 yeah. catches, 1,461 yards, 13 touchdowns. And in, in, uh, I'm sorry, wait. 103 catches, 1,563 yards, 12 touchdowns. In 2005. There you when go. Calvin Johnson set the receiving record, he led the league in receptions and yards, but he only had five touchdowns. Mm. Here's the here's the list of them. 2005, Steve Smith. 1992, Sterling Sharp. 1990, Jerry Rice. There we go. Then we go all the way back to 66 with Lance Allworth. And then a bunch of Don Hudson. That guy probably led the league with like 300 yards receiving or something. No, it was fourteen hundred yards. Oh, okay, all right. Okay. That, that was that was some yards back there. In the that 60s. was Air right. Coryell, you know, stuff. Okay, with Lance Allworth. So, nah, man, they was throwing it. Um, Go ahead, Russ. No, what I was gonna say about the Jalen Hurts situation is that's 
That place is a dump, FedEx Field. Oh, yeah. Uh, terrible oh, yeah. place. Yep. Those fans could have all been seriously injured. Jalen Hurts could have been seriously injured. Yep. And the yep. craziest part is one of the fans said, the only person to ask if they was okay, Jalen Hurts. Yep. Yes. Uh, ESPN quoted Andrew Collins of New Jersey, who's I assume an Eagles fan, saying uh, the only thing the staff told us was to get the F off the field. And Jalen Hurts hit up Washington and was like, are you guys going to fix this? He wrote a yeah. letter. He wrote He wrote a letter. He wants some answers. He sent a public letter to the Washington football team and the NFL. Could you have imagined? I mean, I, I care about the people that got hurt, but as a sports story, could you imagine that falling and giving Jalen Hurts some kind of knee or ankle injury when they're about to start the playoffs? Yeah, they just they just snuck into the playoffs, and their quarterback yeah. would have had an ACL tear because of railing a bum-ass FedEx field fell on their quarterback's leg after a win. I, I think it's officially been renamed that. Into the playoffs. Right. I think they've renamed it bum-ass FedEx field now, Russell. They should. It's really terrible. I have a quick note on the Steelers. Mike Tomlin has clinched his 15th consecutive winning season as coach. Uh, that's all 15 seasons from him. And I only that's bring crazy. that up to point out that the Steelers are what the Bears imagine themselves to be. Russ, the Giants are a fun team. Um, fun in the way that uh, traffic or something is fun. Joe um, Judge is... Uh... Well, I got him on the sheet here. Uh, but Mike Glennon, Russ's favorite quarterback. Um, Yikes. Do you remember, like, uh, I think it was 2020, uh, when everybody finally came around to Colin Kaepernick's side and... Akeem Hicks was asked something to the effect of whether Colin Kaepernick had been blackballed, had the Bears maybe been complicit in that. Um, it was, I think, I think it was mainly a question. Just overall, has Colin Kaepernick been blackballed? Most obvious question in the world. Uh, but I guess whoever asked it, I can't remember who it was, wanted to hear the player say it instead of us right. asserting it. And Akeem Hicks answers the question, saying essentially in the affirmative. And this is a, one of these Zoom press conferences, like you're talking about, Lawrence. As they're going to open the mic of the next person, Akeem Hicks just kind of exhales and goes, we signed Mike Glennon. Like under his breath yeah. to kind of emphasize, pulls the pin on that in the middle of a press conference. It, it was so unclear. Like somebody asked him a couple questions later, wait a minute, did you, did you, is that what you said? And he was like, oh yeah, you guys heard that? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Mike Glennon makes his glorious return. Do you know that Mike Glennon has been on the Bears' schedule every year since he left? He hasn't yep. always played against Good. the Bears. But he's always he's Ryan the- Pace. Ryan Pace should have to look at him play awful football yes. every year. It was honestly the biggest indictment of him. It was if you looked at the the thirty million dollars of quarterback yeah. that was on the field Sunday at Soldier Field. It was a huge indictment of Ryan Pace. Yeah, that was that one's worse than the Foles trade and contract. I mean, they're both bad. But uh, Mike Glennon, in his glorious return to Soldier Field, Russ, posted the lowest passer rating of the entire NFL season at 5.3. He played exactly the same game that he played the last game that he started at Soldier Field. <laughs> I'm serious. Like it was the same thing of uh, turnovers and not look. He he's not an NFL quarterback. 
Like he's no, but just he continues to be, not. and he continues to get the jobs. Like, Mike Glennon has made thirty-two million dollars in his career. Hall of Famer at the bank. The highest oh. AAV came from the Chicago Bears, Bears in twenty seventeen, yeah. where he earned sixteen million dollars. He actually I got think they had to pay him a couple more the next year yeah. too. Like, yeah, he yeah. got nineteen point yeah. five. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's about two thirds of his career earnings came off that Ryan Pace contract. Off a Lawrence, I think a thirty-seven million dollar contract. Awesome. You can sit here and do it all on paper with uh, some of the Ryan Pace stuff, but I think of two really, uh, what would you say? This would be scenes or artistic renderings of the failures um, being kind of thrown in his face at Soldier Field, and I think of. Patrick Mahomes coming here and scoring a touchdown and counting to 10 fingers on national TV to remind Pace where he was drafted. And I think of Mike Glennon coming in here and playing the worst game of quarterback that anybody has played in the entire season. Um, The fun doesn't stop with the Giants quarterback situation, though. Joe Judge went on this weird rant. It was like 3,000 word rant at one point during his press conference uh, talking about how this is not a clown show. And saying stuff that was clearly made up, clearly, clearly a blatant uh, misrepresentation of pending free agents on the Giants, begging him to keep them and guys that have left in the offseason, calling him twice a week to tell him how much they regret it. Uh, I did like that ESPN's Dan Orlovsky told Joe Judge to knock off all the, quote, Tommy Toughnuts, Timmy Toughnuts <laughs> talk. I'd never heard the phrase Timmy Toughnuts. Uh yeah, dude. I've I never heard that either. That's funny, though. I like Dan Orlovsky, so I'll let it fly this time. Can I, I finally? Oh, oh go ahead. What do you got? No, no, no. We I, no, I was going to say, we had, some, we, we had some Steelers news about Mike yes. Tomlin. Yes. Uh, it's been a, actually a pretty fun football season outside of, like, COVID and stuff. Um, it's funny you say that because I've been watching only Bears games, so this is news to me. <laughs> Oh, you should, you should find a new hobby and a new living. Um, T.J. Watt, yeah. Watt, brother of uh, legendary defensive end linebacker, outside linebacker, J.J. Watt, mm-hmm. is having an all-time season. Not only my guy, Cooper Cup, T.J. Watt, mm-hmm. who has 21 and a half sacks. In, he missed two games. In 14 games, he has 21 and a half sacks and is one sack away from tying Michael Strahan's sack record that has stood for 20 years. Imagine that household. They're going to have two Hall of Famers in the oh Watt gosh. family. Yeah. Um, TJ Watt, 21 and a half sacks. The only player in NFL history to have two 20 sack seasons? His older brother, JJ, who made fun of him about it on Twitter. How about and that? they could probably go in halvesies on buying one of the Hawaiian Islands if they want. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I saw this headline. This is my final item in football roundup. Uh, The headline was one MVP voter won't vote for Aaron Rodgers because he's, quote, the biggest jerk in the league. And I thought, that's kind of weird. And then I scrolled down and saw that it was Chicago's Habarkish, who has one of the he's one of the 50 reporters with a vote. And uh, he's going to hold basically all the non-football stuff with Rodgers, which there was some against him and probably vote for your guy, Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor or maybe even Tom Brady. Um, Hub's entitled to his opinion. He's got his vote. He's entitled to his opinion, entitled to his vote. But I hate when the NFL ever tries to tell us about morality, given the nature of the sport, for one, how vicious it is, and 
the way that it is financially cutthroat and the way that punishment for different things really is kind of on a sliding scale based on how good or important you are. Like, I, I don't want football to tell me about right and wrong. I just want football to be football. We do have somebody from the score delegation here with us, but I'm not going to make him. Uh... Lawrence can set this segment up. That's fine. No, man, I, I'm, I'm from the Bernie Mac school. I ain't afraid of you. Um, well, there was an anti-vex reporter who was voting for Rodgers because of what he did off the field. Would that go over well? Uh, I don't think so. I Look, I'm a big proponent of – my mother says this all the time. Not every thought has to be shared. And this is one of those situations where Hub could have done this in silence. Like, for real. He could have He could have just been like, I voted for Cooper Cup. Look at the season that he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you put yourself out there and, and say you're not voting for Aaron Rodgers because he's a bad guy, I, I don't have an MVP vote. I never did. Only 50 people do. And and I don't know if there is some sort of moral component into the voting that would allow one to do that. Like there's like with the Heisman, for example, it's something that you can take into account. And some people make the argument that you can do that with the Baseball Hall of Fame. You shouldn't. I, I'm like, whatever. I just know that uh, I think Hub put himself in a bad position for not a good reason. And he's right. I think that Aaron Rodgers is a liar and a narcissist. He also is the best player in the NFL. And when you look at the season that he's had and the impact that he has on the game, it's hard not to to vote for him. But we were talking about about bad boy bad boys move in silence you could have done that right here you, you could have moved in silence quite <laughs> i have a question for you russ yeah uh and i think things work a little differently in baseball but i've never been a baseball writer so i don't know um i have always had a problem particularly in football with the media being the ones who vote for these things that are very important to the players like the mvp and particularly the hall of fame and i firsthand saw a reporter, heard a reporter explaining that and he was covering clearly a Hall of Fame, a future Hall of Fame player, yeah. that he would not vote for that player for the Hall of Fame because that player was a jerk to him. And that if that player came around and started doing interviews with him and one-on-ones and whatever, then he would vote for him. And I think that grudges and personal biases are outrageously out of place when you are deciding something that these guys have literally broken their bodies to get I um that's a bad person who who you overheard say that like that's a bad He's probably not the only one he's probably not absolutely and I know there are people a lot of reporters are like that you've you've been around guys you know there's guys like that I I hear you um I do think we should be able to vote for awards as somebody who has uh I had a Cy Young vote two years ago I had an MVP vote this year I I take that very seriously Mr. Fancy. <laughs> I, shut up, Lawrence. I take that very seriously. <laughs> and like when I think about why I should have that vote or why we as reporters should have that vote, dude, I watched like a, a 250 baseball games this year. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody who knows what's going on, it should be us, right? Between spring training, the regular season, and postseason, I've watched over 250 games a year. And I do think... I can be objective in my voting. I think if you go back and look at just, I, I can only speak for me. You look at, my I think ballots, you can, I believe you, you know, it's objective. And that's why I think, uh, and I would like to believe that the rest of the electorate 
is the same way. I know the um, it's not always like that. I like to believe that the majority of the electorate is that way. And I do feel in my heart that it is in baseball. I can only speak for baseball, but I do think. And I know that there are people that feel the way that you just talked about for that Hall of Fame voter in the NFL, where it's like this person was a jerk to me or to other reporters. And so I won't vote for them. Perfect example. Two years ago, I voted for Trevor Bauer for the Cy Young. Because <laughs> he deserved it. He deserved it. I didn't know about any of the other stuff that came about. and But I had known that Trevor Bauer was not the most liked dude in baseball for a lot of good reasons. Right. And for how he treated people online, treated women, X, Y, you could, I had a vote. He was the best pitcher in baseball or in the National League. I voted for him for Cy Young. Everything else after that, hey, that's on him. That's on him. But when you got, I like what Lawrence talked about, is uh, Aaron Rodgers the best player in the NFL this year? Likely. Yes. But could yes. people had said, could Hubs had said, look, I'm not going to say anything. There are many, several candidates who could be the MVP this year, and his just be Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup. Yes, absolutely. Lawrence, I also didn't like when I, I the uh, only time I've had a vote recently in anything was I've had a vote for the NBA postseason awards years ago. And I remember thinking, like, A, I need to spend a lot of time on this because these guys truly care about this, and I understand why they do. But also, like, there's a lot of conflict of interest here, and I feel like I'm going to choose – what is objectively right, whether it means, quote unquote, snubbing some guy that I cover and then I'll have to deal with that because it's all public and I'll have to you know, explain myself to that guy, I'm sure, in the locker room and that's fine. But I remember thinking like that weight of that, like, I don't know, I, I wouldn't assume that everybody can manage that, that everybody is going to vote according to what their actual conscience is rather than whatever is going to you know, be advantageous to them with the team they cover. And there's also the added component of the financial aspect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of incentives. Yeah. There, this could end up being an incentive. It's just, I think all of us, when we have a lot of time that we are on the air programming, like there are things that we we get comfortable saying, and I think that that both things that. The, the, what Hub said about Aaron Rodgers is, is a an opinion that I share for the most part and understand him saying it and wanting to say it out loud, partially because there were so many people around the NFL who hadn't said it about Aaron Rodgers but felt that way about Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. and now there were some concrete pieces of evidence that they could hold up and be like, see – you know, this is all the stuff that I've been hearing behind the scenes, and now you see it play out in, in public. I, I just think that it, it's a it's a unforced error by Hub. That's all. Like it's there's no reason to make that declaration, and all it's going to do is put you in the crosshairs of the worst people. <laughs> Hey guys, Tony Gill here, producer for the Sports Adjacent Podcast. A quick update on that last topic. Uh, the guys recorded this episode Tuesday night, and there was a development the next morning. Bears beat reporter Hub Arkish went on the radio again 
and said, quote, it was a big mistake to make those comments, mainly because voters are instructed not to discuss their votes publicly before the award is presented. Aaron Rodgers came out and called Hub an absolute bum, end quote, and said he shouldn't have a vote. Hub said he felt awful about his original on-air comments and wished he hadn't said them. Just wanted to pop that in there real quick, guys. Postscript. Um, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. Ross, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to on today's show? We've gotten to a lot of stuff today, so I'm actually pretty surprised if, that there's a lot of things on this list. So that's a yes. Yes, yes, Jason. This segment would really die if you ever said no. Eh, one day, I'll throw sports adjacent. Yeah, Russ says Russ no. Said, yeah, Russ, oh. would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Not really. All right, well, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. You can get this on iTunes and Spotify and the YouTubes or whatever. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, John Morant. He was Stud. out of a sprained knee and COVID, and he's been back for seven games. And here's his last four as of the time we're recording this. All wins. Uh, Memphis on a five-game win streak as of this recording. Over these last four games, Russ, John Morant, 35 points per game, 5.5 assists, 6.5 rebounds, shooting 58% from the field, including 74% on threes. You you watch Ja play basketball. You watch the explosiveness, and it makes you feel good because it makes you think back to 2010, 2011 D-Rose, and it makes you smile. Ja is going to be a stud in the league for a long time. He's a thin dude. I'm gonna need him to put on some weight, and he's already had some issues with injuries. That's a thin, that's a thin young man. So we're gonna need Ja to put on a, a couple pounds down there in Memphis. Eat some barbecue, Ja. He he chooses violence a lot. Absolutely, when it comes to dunking. I love that about him. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. Uh, Russ, my next news item. I've titled it "Farts in a Jar." I don't, oh, Jason. Well. This seems like you, something you're, you I, I just Before you start, I want you to be aware that you, sir, you are the one that usually says, Russ, your mom listening to this podcast, and you're, the topic you chose in the rundown was farts in a jar. I'm, Continue. Did, I, did, I don't choose the news. The news chooses me. Uh, Stephanie Mato, 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 she was on 90 Day Fiance. Are you familiar with that show, Lawrence? 90 Day Fiance? I'm super familiar. Okay. Do you recognize her name? I'm, or? I'm not familiar at all. Oh. I was just no, sarcasm. Got it. Sorry. Uh, anyway, she was on season four of that show and parlayed that fame into some other business ventures, okay. including selling her farts on the Internet. She would seal them in a jar, much in the way that uh, people in olden times would can pickles or peaches or something, and uh, claimed to have made over $200,000 on them. Here's where the story gets crazy. That business folded when she was recently rushed to the hospital with chest pains, thinking she was having a heart attack. This is via Jam Press. She was not having a heart attack. She was having extremely painful gas. Yep. And after a round of various tests, doctors said that her problem was the heavy diet of beans and eggs that she was eating to make <laughs> herself gassy. <laughs> she said that she binged on eggs, beans, and protein shakes to make the farts smell worse. She was literally putting these in jars and sealing them and selling them and apparently making $200,000 off this. 
Jason said she's, inve- said she's investing the profits in crypto, Russ. Pretty smart. It's a good, good business to be in. Um, I, I trust you to bring some some saneness to our podcast usually, but yeah, I was reading going in to start 20. You, this is our first pod of 2020 and to start yes, this way. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, I'm a we little get thrown. these news compilations bulletins from, uh, news incorporated News incorporated. Yeah. But you don't have to read them. You can choose to you can pick and choose. We pay for that service and I intend to use it. Uh, there's some tech news that I'm going to share with you. The world's most visited websites of 2021, and now this includes app usage as well, according to Cloudflare, number one was TikTok, number two was Google. TikTok visited more than Google. I would use Google to find TikTok, so I don't understand how that works. You're old, Jason. You're old. I mean, even I would say that you're old if you don't understand that. I would Google whatever I'm trying to find. If I was trying to find you would Netflix or Wikipedia, I would Google but that if, thing. If probably. you're looking if you're looking for TikTok videos, you would go to TikTok. I don't Grandpa have a TikTok. Should, Grandpa Lee, can TikTok? we can we can we move this along, Grandpa? Well, there's more old tech news and on Tuesday all all of the classic Blackberries would no longer work. Uh, the company announced that they had long planned to discontinue services for those devices. And do you know what a BlackBerry is before I continue, Russ? J- Jason, yes. Have you ever held one in your hand? Jason, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not, two. I'm not 12. I grew up in the I'm not, I'm not 12. I'm 27. There used, used to be a status symbol. One of the lamest things I've ever seen was uh, back in like the mid-2000s, one of the beat writers at our paper got a BlackBerry, which was like a big deal in the office. Not everybody was getting them. And went around the locker room showing it to players to impress them. Blackberries, the razor. It's a very big deal. My wife had one of those until just a few years ago. The flip phone. Great phone. Great phone. Are you familiar, Lawrence, with the uh, musician Omarion? Omarion. Yes. Omarion. Wait, you don't mean the Omarion virus? Well, that's actually what this news story is about. Because when I first heard about Omicron, I thought, isn't there a rapper named Omicron? He's a singer. You can only do like three seconds of it so we don't get sued, Lawrence. Yeah, and then I realized I was thinking of R&B singer Omarion, and I was like, I should never tell anybody about this. But apparently I'm not the only one that has made this mistake because he made a TikTok video saying, I am an artist, not a variant. So please be aware that if you happen to run into me on the street, you don't have to isolate for five days. The last time I had to do this was when everyone confused Y2K and B2K. Bum, bum, bum. I do think about this sometimes with some of the different things with the pandemic, like the coronavirus. That's not great. It wouldn't seem like for Corona beer, although their sales actually went up during the pandemic. Or Delta, the Delta variant. You know, you don't want your business. Like, I hope there's not a sports adjacent variant coming out. Got an icebox where my heart you you got you got Lawrence in his uh early two thousands bag. That man hit that <laughs> baby turn around and let me see that say somebody go bum 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 good song. You guys know you guys both know as well as anyone we can only sing so much of it or else we'll get sued. Let me we'll, just tell we'll play you play the elevator music. Let okay. me tell you right now. Yes. There is nothing better in the history of movies in the last 10 minutes of you got served nothing that is a hot take 
medium lukewarm take. I I see what he's I see where he's getting at. We need you as somebody who I I know probably hasn't watched. You got served. It's, uh, it's a terrible. movie. You said. So, all right. Yeah. So Jason, sit down, watch. You got served, and then we'll, we'll we'll review it. All right. And finally, Russ, a bizarre story from England, where a squirrel has been put to death after going on a biting spree. He bit eighteen people. See, Tony, squirrels suck. Serial biter. A uh, a 65-year-old woman named Corinne Reynolds had been feeding him, feeding him by hand even. She said he would eat a nut right out of her hand. Uh, I feel like you shouldn't feed squirrels by hand. It's not a good idea. I didn't want to be the one that said it. And I'm looking at y'all to see, like, yo, did anybody put Laura's hand meat? Laura's hand meat. That was the quote. That was the quote. Okay, it's cool. Uh, anyway, the squirrel bit her on the finger, and then uh, she saw reports all over Facebook of other people in the area getting bit by a squirrel. Uh, the squirrel's name, she used to, she originally named him Little Buddy, and then once she saw that he went on this rampage of biting people, changed his name to Stripe Lawrence, which is a reference to Gremlins. Gremlin. Yeah. I, I didn't realize Gremlins were supposed to be funny. Uh, it came out the year I was born. It and was so a little saw, scary, honestly. I saw it at a pretty young age. I saw it at probably like about, do you know this movie, Russ? Gremlins? Yes. Okay. I saw it probably at about like seven years old and it was terrifying. I didn't realize it was supposed to be funny the whole time. It was extremely scary. You could have nightmares about the Gremlins. You know, Gremlins is the reason that they invented or created PG-13. Because Gremlins, and I think it was like an Indiana Jones movie the same year, came out. And there was no PG-13, so it was either PG or R, I think, or something, or or <laughs> And so they, uh, this was kind of the genesis for starting the PG-13 character. Anyway, here, this is this is the, there's a twist to this story. There's a twist to this story. <laughs> Listen, Corinne Reynolds was the one that befriended this squirrel and probably started this whole thing because you shouldn't feed wild animals. You're not supposed to do that. You really it, should. It acclimates them to people, and they're not going to stop at just eating a nut out of your hand, Russ. Uh, she decided that since she was the one that kind of knew this squirrel, that she could be the one to trap it and catch it. Yeah, Lawrence sees where this is going. Oh. And so she set a trap for this squirrel, and she even said, he trusted me, and I betrayed him, which... Yeah, you did. But she stood by her decision. Uh, even though British law requires that a squirrel, a gray squirrel, cannot be released back into the wild or into the public once it's been captured. So that squirrel has been euthanized. That went a lot of places, Jason. I know. Biting spree, betrayal, uh, questionable phrasing. Yes, it did go all a lot of, of places. All of yeah. all of that. Um, Gremlin. <laughs> I like, I'd like to thank uh, Sean Puffy Combs, aka Lawrence Holmes. Touch that. T- t- take that. Take that. For uh, joining us on Sports Adjacent this week, uh, he is a delight. He is the owner and operator of House of L, aka Bad Boy Records. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh uh He's a mafia get, don in sports. We gotta get Chicago now. We have media. to get some shiny House of L jackets, big watches, and walk around uh, Michigan Avenue. 
Let people Could know. We, we, maybe, maybe not the best time to be doing that these days. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Because shiny in Michigan Avenue these days might get you got. Get your head bust open. <laughs> yeah, on second thought. <laughs> maybe go to like a mall or something. Yeah, we'll feel more. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll workshop it. Um, I'd like to thank everybody out there for listening. Our first show of 2022. A lot of fun things planned the next couple of weeks. Um, I think this is going to be a big year for the pod and I'm really excited where things go Jason oh before I let you go uh, our lovely podcast is sponsored by BetUS use promo code SportsAjason to get 125% discount at sign up bonus excuse me what 125% sign up bonus on your first $50 deposit boom there you go Russell uh (laughs) Nailed it, buddy. Thank you, man. It's it's been one of those days. Uh, do you have anything before you let the fine folks go? I don't. You can listen to the show on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, I guess it's called, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else podcast. Where are all the other places? Where's an obscure pod place you can get podcasts that I've never heard of, Lawrence? There's got to be somewhere. Um, did you say Stitcher? I did. Yes. Yeah. S- said Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, Podbean. Mm-hmm. Podbean. Podbean. Like, yep. sounds like a, a, that sounds like a fancy podcast, like, coffee spot. <laughs> like, it'd be the name of a coffee house? Welcome yeah. into Sports Adjacent. Uh, we are brought to you by Podbean. Very NPR. That'd be a weird idea if you had a coffee house where it was like, you know how coffee houses sometimes have open mic for, like, music or poetry? It would be open mic, but for a podcast. So somebody sits down and they're just on there for like two just hours. Just a random pod, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, talking about quilting or something. Gotta Go get the snaps going, man, for celebration. Shout out to uh, our esteemed producer, Tony Gill, on sabbatical. Um, I hope you enjoy your time off that you were not given when you took this job. Uh, but blessings. Mr. Every Day. <laughs> for, for, for Russ Dorsey, that is Jason Leisure. That is Sean Puffy, Lawrence Holmes. Take that take We that. will <laughs> catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports of Jason with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious 
serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.